1: Well, hello, I'm David Freeman Wiff. Is that really in the Bible? A couple years ago, there was a Jordanian pilot that was captured by ISIS. They took him and put him in a cage. Actually, they took him to the place where he had done the most damage, where all the missiles and you know, the rockets or whatever had blown up cities and asphalt and concrete. Was, everything was just a, it looked like a war zone, which it was a war zone. But they took him back there, they put him in a cage. Well, first of all, they doused him with fuel and they poured fuel all over the cage everywhere, then ran a trail away, and uh, lit the cage and the man on fire. Now, this is on video. You can actually watch this. I wouldn't recommend it, but you can actually see this guy burned alive. You can actually see the skin melting off his face. It's a hideous thing to watch I'm not sure why I watched it, but it just really upset me big time to see such torturous pain and suffering. But I began to to think about the concept of hell. You know, this man's misery was soon over. But I started thinking about the concept of hell, that according to the traditional concept, you are trapped. Get this. You are trapped in an immortal body. An immortal soul, according to the false concept, that cannot be destroyed. And so if you go to hell, you burn and burn and burn and never quite burn up. At least this pilot, this Jordanian pilot, eventually expired and either passed out or from the pain or whatever. But eventually his suffering was over with. But according to the fundamental, traditional concept of hell, your suffering is never over with because you are trapped in an immortal body. Because you have, according to the false concept, an immortal soul. Now, just where did this concept come from? That you have an immortal soul, something inside of you, something about you that cannot be destroyed. Did you know that nearly every culture has their version of the immortal soul? Uh, the Egyptians have their concept of an Im- immortal soul. Uh, Plato and Socrates is sort of where we got a lot of that from, the idea behind it. It's not a biblical concept. You can't find the words immortal soul in your Bible. Uh, the, your Bible says that God only has immortality right now and that we will be given immortality at the resurrection, when Christ returns. That's what your Bible teaches. But in our culture, you know, who contributed to this false concept, Plato and Socrates, as they speculated about the state of the dead, they wanted to believe that there was something about them that was immortal. Yes. And they began to spread this lie that man has an immortal soul. Now, if you look at history, you look at different cultures of teaching, there's, uh, it's sort of funny, but there's all kinds of mythological ways to become immortal. Uh, one is eat a, eat a mermaid. That's Japanese mythology. Anger a god. That's Greek mythology. Peaches of immortality. That's Chinese mythology. The golden apple of Norse. That's, uh, 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 no, the golden apple. That's Norse mythology. Ambrosia. Ambrosia is a drink of the Greek gods. That, again, that's Greek mythology and who hasn't heard of the Holy Grail uh, Christian mythology Now, if you drink from the cup that Jesus you know had you and of course if you watch the last crusade Indiana Jones you will see that it was that cup that it, that uh, Harrison Ford found and picked out and was able to save his father's life because of this mythology you know Christian mythology of the Holy Grail now in seminary school or should I say cemetery school, because a lot of what you're taught is dead theology. But in seminary school, this lie is passed on. The teaching is that you have an immortal soul. There's something immortal about you that lives on after death. And this lie is passed on to unexpecting, ignorant Christians who have never Proven anything for themselves. They've never blown the dust off their Bibles. They've never read that scripture, God only has immortality. They don't realize that the words immortal soul is nowhere to be found in your Bible. But they just buy it hook, line, and sinker. You know, it's just like, it's like mainstream churchianity. Is you drill a hole in your head and you know, you, you pour in these teachings and they're locked, they're set in concrete. And no one ever bothers to read their Bible and to prove all things and to prove what's really in the Bible. Now, from a sermon long ago of Billy Graham, he said this. He said, Your eternal soul is the most valuable thing you possess. You have a body, but living inside you is your spirit or soul. And when a person dies, what happens? The soul goes on. Speaking of the value of the soul. He says, first it's valuable because it's eternal, really. Okay? It's going to live forever. Really? It's going you can't get rid of it, right? Yeah. Uh, A million years from now, our souls will be living. All right? The body is the house, the soul is a tenant, but when the body dies, the soul lives on. The good news is that God offers eternal life to every soul. Now, here's the question. And I know you don't like to ask, you know, most people don't like to think. And they sure don't want to think when it comes to going to church. In fact, they don't think. They don't even bring their Bibles to church. And they sure don't study their Bibles very much either. But here's the question. If you are born with an eternal soul which lives forever, why is it necessary for God to offer eternal life to every soul? it's redundant. It doesn't make any sense. Why would God offer eternal life to something, that, to, to something that you already have? If you already have it, why offer it? And that's exactly what Jesus offers us is eternal life. But if you already have it living within you, why do you need it? Why would God offer that? No one can ever answer that question, by the way. You know, and what I'm saying is, it doesn't. It's redundant. It doesn't make any sense. Now, if you've ever been to a funeral, and I'm sure you have, what you will hear is something like this: "Sweet Bertha Grace is not in that casket right now. She's not in. She is with. I tell you, she went up. She, she went up. She did not go down. You'll hear. No, just kidding. Well, You might hear that also. Um, uh, but but you, she's not. She is. Don't weep." For sweet birth of grace. She's, in, she's with the Lord right now. She's alive with the Lord right now. That's what you're going to hear inside the church at a funeral. Then you go to the graveside. And for the first time, the minister will pick up his Bible and start reading from the scripture. 1 Corinthians 15, the resurrection chapter. And he'll read that the trump shall sound, the dead in Christ shall rise. And there's a reason they, they call them dead. The dead in Christ shall rise first. And this mortal, what we are now, subject to death, must put on immortality. And Christ is going to raise the dead. And that is a blatant contradiction. Because inside the church, we heard that sweet birth of grace was already with the Lord. Now we're hearing at the graveside that there's going to be a resurrection of the dead. Now, you can't talk out of both sides of your mouth. Every funeral you've ever been to, you've been lied to. Because the the preacher is talking out of both sides of his mouth. He's got the woman in heaven inside the church building, already with the Lord, and then outside at the graveside, we're preaching resurrection from the dead. You can't have it both ways. You can't talk out of both sides of your mouth because you're lying. Yeah, and many of you have been lied to about the Bible. Now, what happens when you build your faith on a foundation of lies? You see this is precisely what has happened let me illustrate this let's take this first book and let's say it's a it's it's the first block we're going to lay in the foundation and this first book represents okay man has an immortal soul all right so we start out with a foundational lie man has an immortal soul there's something about you that lives on after death all right that's the first lie then We have to build more lies on top of it you see when you start out with a foundational lie like man has an immortal soul well then you got to say okay all right if man has an immortal soul something about him that lives on after death well where do good souls go well then you take the second foundational lie and you say well uh he immediately goes to heaven and he's immediately with the lord okay and he's, he doesn't have a body, but he's with the Lord. He's a, like a disembodied spirit, you know. He's uh, no body parts, you know, nothing like that. But, he, you know, he's just, he's, you know, 6,000 years without a body, which is sort of disgusting when you think about it. But, okay, but he's with the Lord, all right. Then you've got to say, okay, if man has an immortal soul, something about him that lives on after death, well, what happens if he's bad, bad souls? Well, then... You take the third lie and you put it on there and it's burning for all eternity in hell. So you see, you, you, you've got lie one right here, man has an immortal soul. Lie two, heavenly retirement, you're, you're immediately with the Lord. Lie three, burning for all eternity in hell. Now, once you pull out the foundational lie, and that is once you understand man does not have an immortal soul and you immediately pull out that foundational lie you know it's like the game of Jenga everything comes tumbling down well what gives hell its power is the false teaching of the immortality of the soul the reason you can't burn up is because you have according to the false teaching an immortal soul that cannot be destroyed. As we read earlier, a quote from Billy Graham, your immortal soul will live on forever. It will always be alive. And therefore, it has to burn for all eternity. That's what give, this false teaching is what gives hell its power. You're trapped. Just like the Jordanian fighter pilot, you're trapped inside of an immortal soul that cannot be destroyed. And you will burn not just for 10 minutes, but for all of eternity. You see how dangerous this teaching is? You see how repugnant in the eyes of God this teaching is? You know, the truth of the matter is, yeah, there is a real hell fire. But the truth of the matter is, because you don't have an immortal soul, you'll simply be burned up. You'll be put out of your misery, in other words. Yeah, okay. Where did the lie originate that man has an immortal soul? Well, actually, let, let's look at the, where it originated. Genesis 2 and verse 17. It says, But of, of the tree of the knowledge of good and evil, you shall not eat of it. For in the day that you eat thereof, you shall surely die. And the serpent said unto the woman, You shall not surely die. For God does know that in the day that you eat thereof, then your eyes shall be opened, and you shall be as gods, knowing good and evil. Listen to me. The, ally, the first lie Satan ever told is that you shall not surely die. What is that? Well, it's you have an immortal soul. That's what it is. So the first lie that Satan ever told is the teaching that you have an immortal soul. You shall not surely die. Now, it's strange. God says you're going to die. Satan says you're not going to die. It seems like Christianity has taken sides with the devil on this issue. They're agreeing with Beelzebub. Yeah. The father of lies. And this lie has been passed on down through history, through many churches and many ignorant preachers that don't know any better. Okay, crunch time. Time to walk the road of truth, if you will. Alright, millions of people who don't know their Bibles believe that man has an immortal soul that is either going to heaven or hell when you die. So let's look at what the Bible really says. First of all, only Christ has. First, Timothy 6 and verse 16 says, Who only has immortality dwelling in the light, which no man can approach unto, whom no man has seen nor can see, to whom be honor and power everlasting. Amen. So what does this verse tell us? It tells us that Christ only at this time has immortality. So if I tell you that God only has immortality right now, what does that tell you about yourself? Well, it tells you right now you don't have it. Okay. Second point, Christ brought it. 2 Timothy 1 and verse 10. But is now made manifest by the appearing of our Savior Jesus Christ who has abolished death and has brought life and immortality to light through the gospel. Yes, Christ brought us the possibility of having immortality. The point is, you don't have it right now. You're not born with it, is what I'm trying to say. But yes, Jesus paved the way for us to have immortality, to have eternal, eternal life. Third point, we must seek it. Romans 2 and verse 7. To them who by patient, continue, and well-doing seek For glory and honor and immortality, eternal life. Yeah, we have to seek it. We have to know the pathway to achieve this. We have to have a relationship with Jesus Christ to seek after this glory and immortality and eternal life. You know, if you're not seeking it, you're not going to get it. All right. It's just as simple as that. It all—it's all about a relationship with Christ Jesus. All right. Next point: We are mortal. Job four and verse seventeen: Shall mortal man be more just than God? Shall a man be more pure than his maker? Yeah. This is what your Bible said: We, man, is mortal. That means he's subject. That means he doesn't have immortality. That means he's subject to death. Man, right now, is mortal we must be changed. 1 Corinthians 15, 53. For this corruptible must put on incorruption, and this mortal, what we are now, must put on immortality. How? How does it happen? Romans 8 and verse 11. But if the spirit of him that raised up Jesus from the dead dwell in you, that's a big if, he that raised up Christ from the dead shall also quicken your mortal, there it is again, quicken your mortal, meaning subject to death, meaning you don't have an immortal soul, shall quicken your mortal bodies by his spirit that dwells in you. Well, when? When does this take place? When are we going to be given immortality? First Corinthians 15 and verse 51. Behold, I show you a mystery. We shall not all sleep, that means die, in other words, there are going to be some who are, who are going to live up to the return of Jesus Christ. And while they will have to shed their physical bodies, they will be changed in a moment, in a twinkling of an eye, into a spirit being like God. Alright. But we shall be changed in a moment, in a twinkling of an eye, at the last trump. For the trump shall sound, and the dead shall be raised incorruptible, and we shall be changed. For this corruptible must put on incorruption, and this mortal, what we are now, must put on immortality. Now, if you've got to put it on, what does that mean? It means you don't have it right now. It's a future event. All right. So when this corruptible shall have put on incorruption, and this mortal, what we are now, shall have put on immortality, then shall be brought to pass the saying that is written, death is swallowed up in victory. You know, death is not swallowed up in victory until the resurrection occurs. Until that time comes, yeah, we've got to die. And when you die, you're dead all over. You're like your dog Rover. When Rover died, he was dead all over. And you're waiting for the resurrection from the dead. Why is this so hard to understand? You know, people, I just don't, I think people don't like to think about the concept of dying. They don't like the idea that they're in the grave. I don't know why it would bother anybody. You're sure not going to know anything about it. It's not, you're, going, you're not going to be aware of anything. You're not aware of the passage of time while you are asleep. And yes, the Bible refers to death as sleep. If you've got a problem with that, you've got a problem with the Word of God. Because the Word of God refers to death as those that are asleep in the grave. Have you ever been put to sleep? Many of you have. Was you aware of the passage of time while you were asleep? No. No. Oblivious to the passage of time. When you die, the clock of life stops. At the resurrection, the clock clock of life starts back. Ticking. It's just that simple. And those loved ones of ours are oblivious to the passage of time. They're asleep in the grave. You know, a cemetery is a beautiful place. I know Hollywood has perverted the concept, uh, made it a scary place. But really, when you think about it, a cemetery is the most beautiful place you will ever visit. Because of what the future holds for them. What the future holds is that God is going to resurrect our loved ones. And there's going to be a great family reunion that occurs at the same time. The concept of people flitting off to heaven has never really made any sense because all, there's always someone missing. You know, you're down here. They're up there. It's a, it's a huge, you know, someone's missing. It really, heaven is no better than down here because there's someone missing. The resurrection occurs at the same time when you're going to see loved ones, many loved ones, loved ones that have passed away. You're going to see them at the resurrection. So, hey, hey go to your graveside. Go to the grave where your, whoever it is, has been buried, and think about the power, the only promise Jesus ever gave of living again was by a resurrection from the dead. Jesus never promised this false teaching that you have an immortal soul that lives on after death. He never taught that. That was not his teaching. He taught Because I rose from the dead, you're gonna raise from the dead if you are my children, if you have a relationship with me. I'm gonna raise you, I'm gonna quicken the dead. That's what Jesus promised. Now, I wanna offer you something here. Three simple studies entitled, the first one is titled, The Immortal Soul. You need, listen, all right, okay. Three pieces of literature, The Immortal Soul, what do the dead know and the resurrection you know when are you going to truly prove things for yourself you know if you're being lied to about the Bible you know I, I told a story one time about a woman who was married she was married to a minister the minister passed away and uh, she got remarried but she could not have a normal functional sexual life because in her mind she imagined her former husband who was a minister you know he's a good man he's up in heaven according to the concept and he's watching his immortal soul <laughs> you know the false teaching of the immortality of the soul his immortal soul is up in heaven and he's watching it you know like a porn flick or something you know he's watching the the two of them uh, his 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 wife make love to another man you see how screwed up that is? You see how weird that is? I mean, that's strange. That's some weird teaching. And you know, up there and watching all this. Oh, look at that. And so it, it, it messed up her relationship with her new husband because of what? Of a lie she had been told from her church that her former husband was now up in heaven. He's watching everything. His immortal soul is up there and he's watching everything. Yeah, yeah. When you believe a lie, it's painful. It hurts you. It causes you grief. It causes you pain when you don't understand the truth. Now I'm gonna challenge you here to order this. What do the dead know? The resurrection and the immortal soul. Now this is not, this just simply ask questions and then it will take you to a scripture. This is not my teaching. This is the word of God. If you've got a problem with this, You've got a problem with the Word of God. Now listen, if you want to stay ignorant, don't order the material. Continue to go to your church where they teach you a lie, but if you want to know the truth about the state of the dead, the truth about does man have an immortal soul, the truth about uh, what did the dead know, you know, there's a lot of people who think they can talk to the dead. Nonsense. You can't talk to the dead because they're dead, yeah. That's right, the dead don't know anything. So says your Bible. What does that tell you? The dead don't know anything. Does that tell you they're up in heaven looking around, studying everything with the Lord, watching everything going on down here on earth? Is that what that says? No, your Bible says the dead don't know anything. And the reason they don't know anything is because they're dead. Yes, it is so simplistic. The Word of God is so simple and so easy to understand When you take it at face value order this material i'm david freeman and that's what's really in your bible
0: the immortal soul millions believe that you have an immortal soul that either goes to heaven or hell when you die yet the words immortal soul are nowhere to be found in your bible think for a moment If you already have an immortal soul, then why do you need God? You already have something that lives forever inside of you. Why would you need a relationship with God? The concept and teaching of the immortality of the soul does not come from the Bible. Philosophers like Plato and Socrates came up with the concept as they speculated about the state of the dead. What does the Bible really say about immortality. What do the dead know? What does the Bible really say about the state of the dead? Do the dead know anything? Are they aware of the passage of time? Do disembodied souls roam heaven's corridors? Do spirits of dead people roam the earth? Can you talk to the dead? Is someone listening on the other side? What does the Bible really say about the state of the dead? The Resurrection The only promise Jesus Christ ever gave of living again was by a resurrection from the dead. The teaching of the resurrection of the dead fills the Bible from Genesis to Revelation. There is no greater promise for mankind than the dead being resurrected. However. The teaching of going to heaven when you die has made the greatest promise in the Bible unnecessary. If the dead go immediately to heaven when they die, then why do you need a resurrection? What does the Bible really say about the resurrection? Order these three pieces of literature by writing to Church of God, Rocky Mount, 27 Brookledge Lane, Rocky Mount, Virginia. 2415 The Immortal Soul Millions believe that you have an immortal soul that either goes to heaven or hell when you die. Yet the words immortal soul are nowhere to be found in your Bible. Think for a moment. If you already have an immortal soul, then why do you need God?